You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as host Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankle dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. I am Blake Shankel and joining me is, thank you sir, Mr. Phil Ramsey. Good to be here. Good to have you here, sir. Thank you. Run a little late. Appreciate you. Yeah. Well, appreciate you bringing this. Nice. Wow. Before we start, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would this offend you if I... Well, in fact, when you laid that down, I thought when I opened that, that you, I would offend you as well. Yeah. Did it offend you? It, it didn't offend me. Well, I wasn't offended either. Okay. Okay, good. Then let's awesome. drink. <laughs> How is it? That's a nice Dr. Hold Pepper on. you got there. <laughs> How you think? Ah, it's got a bite drill. <laughs> it's coming out of my mouth. That's some good stuff. Woo, all right. All but right. anyway, but, but but if it was a different can, you know, could we say the same thing? We might. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, today. Christian liberty. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, for our TV audience, they can actually see what we did. Our radio audience is a, a little bit different. Those yeah. who listen on podcasts, we have here a... Tall boy of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. 23 good. authentic blends. <clears throat> yeah. I don't buy Coke products anymore. Do you not? No. So Dr. Pepper's not a Coke product. Is it not? So I stick with it. Coke is woke. <clears throat> I love Dr. Pepper. I do too. It's my favorite drink. Well, good. That's why I got it. I'm glad you. I just got off work and I, I was out <laughs> photographing and sweating a little bit. So this actually uh, is going to hit the spot. Oh. <laughs> Let's see if how good the mics we got. Oh, wow. Boy, that's nothing more aggravating than that. <laughs> the, the real thing. Well, we thank you for joining us today. You know, we we, we did this. Uh, we just uh, obviously a joke here, um, but uh, we're just talking about Christian liberty. We're talking about those things that uh, those gray areas, those matters of the conscience, and um, that's what we've been in the whole chapter fourteen. Is what Paul's been talking about, and we thought it'd be good just with a little illustration, maybe a little little joke here. But we have been Phil. We've been talking about these things, and we've been saying for quite some time that. We're going to just time out from the text, and we're going to kind of put this into practice, what this looks like, and maybe just talk about some of the yada offer things that may be going on uh, that we that we deal with today. We don't we don't really have a struggle with meat being sacrificed to an idol. We also don't have the struggle of well, majority of us don't have a struggle with eating. Um, pork or any other Jewish dietary laws, uh, though there are Jewish people today who come into the Christian faith, and I would be interested to ask them, is there a struggle with that? Yeah. I mean, if you keep up with that, the Hebrews Roots movement, yeah, well, you know, I know a few folks or know of a few folks that are involved in that, and they adhere to that. Hmm. So if they try to take that belief belief system, if they don't want to, if they don't want to eat pork, then don't don't eat pork. <clears throat> but if you if you bring it over and say, well, this is, you know, the word of God says, don't do that. If you do, you're sinning. You know. Yeah. 
ultimately they would be wrong. And that's where we're at today is is we're, we're talking about the gray areas in which God's word is not truly specific on one way or the other. This is, we call this word adiaphora. And it's a phrase used to describe the posture of the Christian with respect to those areas of ethical concerns where God is is silent in some areas, not specific things that we can point to in Scripture that 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 um, uh, that we can call either a sin or not a sin. So those things that the Bible calls matters of audio offer, it's matters where God is not legislated and the matters are neutral. This does not refer to how we are to respond to the explicit laws like we've talked about, nor the commands of God. Um, remember, we're, we, we never have the liberty to disobey God. Never have that liberty. But that's not what we're talking about today. The question here is, is at what point does Christian liberty affect Christian ethics? We know that within the Christian community, there are all types of denominations that have different scruples than others don't, correct? I mean, we, we have that's why we have denominations, yeah. wouldn't you say? So many is that they don't agree with everything we have we have this denomination has just has has broken off because they believe in just this one little area over here. they think scripture says this and this one has broken off and says this so there are many yokes that i think well-intentioned people try to place on believers and uh but we're not to do this uh we're not to uh or or, or really don't do this if you want to please the lord and that's the yoke they place on that but yet they really can't they can point to a scripture, but is that scripture truly talking about that? You know, some prohibit dancing. Some uh, some allow it as far as denominations. Is it permissible to drink wine or not? Uh, so how are we to get along when we come across these issues that are not explicitly spelled out? Uh, is what we want to deal here with today. How do we do this? What are some principles that we can take? With us, and we we we've shown biblical principles th- throughout Paul's teaching, um, but we want to show just some practical things. What does some of these audio offering things look like? Now, we're not going to tackle each one. We're not going to say, "Hey, this one is right, this is wrong." But but we're just going to expose some of those things that are within our lives today that are that are some of these audio offer things. Yeah, don't you? <clears throat> unlike uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago, like you were saying earlier, they didn't have is. Uh, as many distractions that we have in 2021. I mean, we have all kinds of things that come into play when we talk about these areas. Uh, and it, hey, some of these churches get crazy. I mean, they make big deals out of no deals. And sometimes you'll see them split over no deals. You know what I'm talking about? I've, I've seen churches split over the colors of carpet. Yeah. But I know what you're even talking about too is just even bigger things than that. But we've seen churches split over over what pastors wear, uh, what kind of music. Music's probably the biggest yeah. thing these days. Yeah. So we've we're going to put some principles in place. Tom Asquith, I was reading Founders Ministry this past week. Tom Asquith puts it this way: about, speaking about Christian liberty, Christian liberty is the freedom to live in ways that God is not restricted by His commandments, insisting on what God has commanded, not insisting on what God has not commanded. Thought that was mm-hmm. very helpful from from uh, from Tom. Um, what's, so, that, what's that old joke? Uh, can Baptists dance, and some can, some can. <laughs> that's you, and that's me. I I can't carry. I can I can sing, but I cannot dance. Yeah. You. Or vice versa, right? You can sing. You yeah. can sing. Yeah, I can sing. Bass. No, that's good. But you can dance. Phil's oh, got some moves. Yeah. I've never seen it's, a white man dance like Phil Ramsey. Yeah, I'm 53, a little overweight. Uh, <laughs> but can shake it. Yeah. It 
Yeah, and it when I shake it, it shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else shakes too. Well, so I I want to point to a resource that has helped me in learning about ch- uh, Christian liberty, and I reached out to 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 them, and they they were very kind in allowing us to be able to uh, regurgitate, if you will, some of their uh, material. But I want to give them the credit. So we don't get. I don't want to say we're because we're not necessarily this smart, right? We? Well, I don't want to plagiarize it, but but Todd Friel has done some great work on Christian liberty. In fact, and maybe you'll put the the link here, but they have a uh, a resource, Wretched Radio does of called Christian Liberty, and I want to say it's like twenty something episodes, mm. uh, probably seven to eight minutes of episodes of of on Christian liberty, and Todd dives into it, and at probably one of the more thorough um, resources that you're going to find on Christian liberty, and and he he uh, is inter- interviewing um, uh, Phil Johnson, he interviews uh, Ty. Ty Blackburn, I think is his name. That's his pastor uh, that in at, um, at a church in Atlanta. But he also uh, and he also uh, he has his own uh, stuff where he's done for his show. But he's he's done some really good things, I thought. And so what I wanted to do was I want to take some of these things with his permission and kind of just show uh, some categories that Todd has labeled, and I would agree with him as well of of some audio offer issues or the gray areas um, in which some some areas where the Bible doesn't specifically speak to one or the other and and he puts them into two two categories first is is the church audiophora or church gray areas and uh it's a list of things that the bible doesn't specifically speak to it's a list of non-essential issues and and here's the thing no one is essentially going to hell if they believe one way or the other with these things we're going to get into some degrees of separation too after this uh talking about those things how do we how do we rightly divide that but uh, but but you're going to see churches fight tooth and nail, and and like Todd describes it, as we go through these things, you may find yourself kind of nail biting yourself and saying, "I don't agree with that." But you also have to say, "Was is that true or is it not true?" Mm-hmm. And these are, I think, are some Christian liberty things. So let's let's just get started here because I don't want to run out of time. But because we got some really good things in this show, but you know, one of the things Phil is worship times. Uh, I think, that, and Todd labels this as worship times. What does the Bible say about the time that we worship? Can you specifically say that is it Sunday mornings or is it Sunday evenings? Do we do we actually know what time we are to actually worship? We know, looking back, when you know when the Jews we know what their Sabbath was the day that that of course that was a part of the law. We also see as as we come to the church, we know what day that they set aside. Now, right. But but you know they met they met daily. Yeah. So yeah, well, and that's the thing is is acts is it prescriptive or is it descriptive? I, that I, you know, and I'm not making the argument here. Yeah. I'm just saying is is that can we point to a verse to say that is a command in which we must follow? You know. Th- you don't have to answer, but if you okay. if you want to, that's fine. But I'm just saying, is this is some an area biblically does the man does the Bible command that we does the Bible command that we worship on this day? Generally, we have worshipped on Sunday because we would see that that there's a not a biblical mandate, but there is a pattern set by the apostles, like you said in Acts, where they met on what we would call the Lord's Day. Yeah, we don't we don't meet on the Sabbath. The Sabbath has been fulfilled in Christ. Every day is our rest. But we see that, that Sunday was that day of resurrection. We would call it the Lord's Day. We see that. And I would say is that that's, that's when we meet. But I have a brother that meets on, you know, we meet on, on Sunday mornings, but I have a brother who meets on Sunday evenings. 
But there may be churches that don't that can't meet on Sundays and that they meet that Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and there's again you have people's work schedules that they <clears throat> some people can't even can't come to church on the Lord's day. Right. But there is there is a necessity and a command for us to meet. Absolutely. But when do we meet? Yeah. You know, church I, offer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't think. Do you we divide get, over this issue? I, I guess so. Remember, we want to look, think about this, and we're going to give you some principles. It's do are these things that we divide over? We got to be careful. We want to we want to measure these. Another thing, kids in worship. You know, think about it. What what, what about kids in worship? Do they sit in corporate setting, or or do they get dismissed? Is there a we, or do they get spanked when they well, cry? <laughs> well, that, my mom used to ring that ear if I if right. I even rattled a piece of paper. You know, but 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 is there a Command. We can't. We can't really say no, that. You can't. So it's church audio. If, if your church sends your kids out, which ours gives the opportunity to, but doesn't mean that they that can't sit through the service, Sunday service. I think it's good for them too. But I'm not going to make a law there where there is no law. Right. So so another thing. What about clothing? Now, now here we go. This is something Phil and I may <laughs> uh, disagree over. Which one of us wears the tie on Sunday mornings, Phil? <laughs> I wear. Uh, I normally wear a button-up shirt with it. It's normally tucked out because, like tucked I said, out. <laughs> tucked. I mean, I mean, it's hanging out. And uh, but in Blake's always, he he dresses up a little bit, and uh, and that's fine. Well, what do we? That's the and again, church audio offer. What do we wear on Sunday mornings? I would say I would make the argument that hey we're coming to meet we're coming to worship we're going to come to worship the king and what do we you know we need to we need to be dressed our best when we come to the king but you could also argue this was Blake you're to meet the king every day you know and yeah. so so how are we to what are we to do there I, I'm not going to impose something on you I, I wouldn't do that but but I, I I'm convicted about that but that's just me I'm not going to impose it on you go ahead well what we 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 do know the Bible speaks about what we're not to wear. You know, as far as uh, how how women should dress, how of course you go modest, back to, yeah, yeah, modest. You don't want to, you know, dress in a way that you know just draws attention. Yeah, you know. So I think there's scripture about that. But as far as the clothing, it, you know, what that is, yeah, I you're, I don't think you see anything. I'm gonna run through a couple of other things just real quick. Pastoral robes. You know, we don't have to get into these things, but the earlier church did things like this, but can we insist on these things? I I don't think so. There's not a command. What about pulpits? Does a pastor have to preach behind a pulpit or not? You know, not answering it, but at the end, think about these things. These are church audio for things. Does there a command in that? What about church governments? Church polity, if you will. Is it a Presbyterian government versus a Baptist government versus a Methodist government? Which one is correct? I mean... They all have, you know, the church polity. Is it L? Well, we we deal with this within our own, and I'm, we, you know, we're working through it. Is is it elder run or is it congregational run? Is mm-hmm. it is it uh, just pastor run? No elder. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Those things. So, yeah. you got anything to add on that? No, but you see, uh, over all the different denominations, you see, you see it ran differently. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and is there a right and wrong way to do that? You know, I think we can look at scripture and see what the what what they did in the past. I would think that would be a good model to go by. I would agree, but is there a command? You know, we have to look, is there a command? Now I would agree with you. I understand what you're saying, but is, if someone else makes a judgment call on that based on another scripture, 
can we live with that? You know what I'm saying? Can, we can't call them heretics is what I'm saying. Correct. We don't want to divide over that issue. Correct. It's not a divisive issue. Again, what about building programs? Hey, Saturday versus Sunday uh, as far as church. Catechism instruction. Uh, catechism. Are we? Should we be instructing our kids in catechisms? Uh, is that is that something we ought to be doing? I think we should. But is it a law that we want to make there? What about instruments in worship? <laughs> That's an interesting thing. I have I have been on the forefront of this. Have seen churches come to almost fisticuffs when it comes to instruments in worship. But can we make a law? Where there is no law, there can we can we insist that there has to be instruments in it, or there there can't be yeah. instruments in it, or certain even certain types mm-hmm. of instruments, drums and guitars. Yeah, some make the case that there are there are no instruments. But is again Christian liberty correct? Yeah. How about modes of baptism? This is kind of a tough one here. Again, I told you this is some of the things that may say mm, uh, sprinkling versus what immersion. We, yeah, immersion. I would make the argument of immersion, but if someone come up to me and they actually they were baptized via sprinkling, could could I mean how do I what do I handle about that? Do I you know as far as Christian liberty there, right? You got anything to add on that? I have opinions. Yes, uh, agree. <laughs> we all have. I say it. There's going to be strong opinions on some of these. Yeah, I yeah I got opinions. I don't think. Well, I don't think. I got to be careful. If somebody got sprinkled. You know, and and where they were at the time of their learning, Good who point. who believed, who was justified, who yep. repented, and and was sprinkled. Uh, I'm going to say if if that's what they knew at the time, I'm you know I'm going to say I'm not. You're going to let that say, go. You're not going to argue that. I, I'm that not. Point. I will. I w- would tell the person. You know, from a more. What we see in the Bible yeah. is is immersion. Yeah, you know. And, but you're learn. You're, you're going to teach that person through maturity, right? right. That, that's the thing you're going to walk. I agree. Uh, a couple of other intention that I'm, it's not spelled wrong. I promise you. Oh, I know. I've never intention heard that, that would be the action of dipping the bread in the wine mm. uh, at, at Eucharist, so that the, the communicant can receive both together. Uh, we take ours separately, but is it is it is it wrong for the person to actually dip it in that? Order, you know, is there to, to take them at the same time? Is that wrong? That would be called intention. I'm not. I'm not speaking of Catholic mass because I think that's a whole different subject. But I'm speaking of this: is how do we do we dip the bread or do we take it separate in the wine? You know, so those things closed or open communion. Who gets to take it? We know we we at our church hold that any believer baptized believer can take it, whether you're from another church or not. That's open communion. Now, I'm not saying is, is when I say open communion or closed communion, I don't mean that just anybody can take because there's a specific rule. Non-believers are not to take the we, – we would all agree with that. Yeah. You know, if, if you're if – you're, but, but what about uh, maybe some churches say, look, today they all, that we're going to put fence around it. In fact, if you're not a member of our church today because we don't know where your salvation lies, we're going to fence that and you can't take that today. I mean, that's uh, – that would be. Can we make the, you know make that defense there? There's a Christian liberty thing, wouldn't you agree? Hmm. So I, I would uh, you know we would argue those things, but again, let's put that aside. So those are just some church adiaphora gray areas. Now now let's move into the family adiaphora areas. These are lifestyle adiaphoras, things that the Bible's not crystal clear on. These are the things that these are what we we really think of when we get to the uh, gray areas or the areas of conscience. How about this? Smoking, drinking, and movies. 
what what Bible verse feels says that we cannot smoke? What Bible verse says that we cannot drink or dance? And go. I'm gonna let you tick everybody off today. <laughs> no, I, when it, I would say since your your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we need to take we need to take note of what we do and what we drink, and we want to take care of ourselves and anything that destroys the body. I would say. It's not good. Yeah. yeah. I now would, I would agree. It, well, well, if somebody does these things, or you know, what does that mean? Is that a, a continuous sin of unrepentant sin? Well, we 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 would have to, and we're going to get into how that we're going to we're going to flesh that out. We're going to give you some principles how that fleshes out. But okay. but yeah, you think about that. What about what about drinking? You know, we we know that um, we know that necessarily wine in itself is not evil or sin. But yet, it probably doesn't take much. It's a fine line. It's a very fine line. And you, you now, I'll, I'll go on record and uh, saying this, and there will be people disagree agree with me, and I would love to talk to you. But the wine that Christ made from nothing was the type of wine that if you drank a lot, you would be intoxicated. So I think we can make the case for that. Uh, I can. Uh, now, so, but, but, and we know about wine in, in the Old Testament. And what You know, it was very diluted for the most part. They drank a lot of it, but they had to. What did uh, Paul tell Timothy? Was it Timothy? Yeah. Take a little, little wine for your stomach. Why? Right. Because it's got some alcohol in it, and it's good for a stomach. Right. Well, there was amoebas and parasites in yeah. the drinking water, and it was to kill it was is ultimately what it was doing. Yeah. So, like, like, this was a tall boy of Bud Light. Now, you know, would this be a sin? It depends on now. I, I now, think you what, like that too. What much. if I kill this whole can, right? And, you and maybe buzzing. another. Yeah, anything that would cause the mind to be, dis, you know, to not think correctly. Yeah. What, which for me would be, uh, you know, I look back at my past and everything. When, when my life got crappy, it was because I drank too hmm. many. Yeah. Too many cans. Yeah. And then, and what also is, is how does that make? Does that cause someone else to stumble yeah. as well? Yeah. So we have to be careful there. That's a whole other yep. issue. Let me let me read this. I'm. Just, I was reading MacArthur this week, and I, I think he has a very good point here. And and people may not agree with this, but I, I just going to read it. He, in reference to to drinking, he says it's puerile. Do you know what puerile is? Not the hand sanitizer. Juvenile. It's juvenile and irresponsible for any pastor to encourage the recreational use of intoxicants. That would be weed. That would be uh, drinking, especially in church-sponsored activities. The ravages of alcoholism and drug abuse in our culture are too well known, and no symbol of sin's bondage is more seductive or more oppressive than booze. I've ministered to hundreds of people over the years who have been delivered from alcohol addiction. Many of them wage a daily battle with fleshly desires made a thousand times more potent because of that addiction. The last thing I would ever want to do is the cause of stumbling for mm. one of them. And look here, he says this, in biblical times, well, talking about the wine, uh, but contrary Contrary to current mythology, abstinence, abstinence is no sin, least of all for someone devoted to ministry. It is, of course, a sin to give one's mind over to the influence of alcohol or to the bedrock one's reputation with deliberate symbols of debauchery. As a matter of fact, drunkenness and debauchery are the very antithesis of spirit-filled sanctification, and men who indulge in them are not qualified to be spiritual leaders. He says, um, he says that... Uh, 
uh, the tendency to emblazon oneself with symbols of carnal indulgence as if they were valid badges of spiritual identity is one of the more troubling aspects he's speaking of in reference to the young and restless movement. These who flaunt these alcohol and the smoking of cigars and stuff like that on their shows is what he's doing. He says, Real Christian liberty is not about flouting taboos or offending conventional notions of propriety. The liberty in which we stand begins with full indemnity from the laws, threats, and condemnation, meaning we are at peace with God. Christian liberty also removes the restraint Restrictions of the law, ceremonial commandments, freeing us from asceticism, superstition, sensuality, and human precepts and te- teaching. But sober-minded self-control and maturity are virtues commanded and commended by Scripture. So, uh, you know, MacArthur has some really good, wise things to say there. So, again, things to think about here. I'm just going to move on because we're running out of time. But, man, oh, goodness. Women's clothing. Tattoos, even. Yeah. Um, uh, what about oh, you want to say something about that no oh, makeup what about cosmetic surgery or hair dye What's, what did they say is it a sin for a woman to wear makeup it's a sin if some women don't wear makeup <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get emails okay. uh, Phil Ramsey zero look one here we got a few minutes I think we need to okay. bounce back and forth real quick with this so we got 10 tests for biblical decision making this helps Tom Hammond actually who was on our program a while back he, he came up with this so so Let's 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 just go back and forth. Okay. Number one, selfishness test. Is any part of this decision rooted in selfishness or jealousy? Yeah. James uh, 3, 14, 15. Next one. Yes. The, number two, or, or I want to start backwards. Number nine, being the secrecy test. Would I mind everyone knowing I made this decision and why? Is it, am I being transparent? Would I be transparent with that test when it came to this decision? Yeah. Stumbling test. Will this decision cause someone to stumble and their Christian? walk yeah number seven uh, a similarity test what if everyone followed my example first timothy 4 12 what are you putting in your eyes and your ears uh, could your hey question could your kids what you're watching or listening to could you would you allow your kids to watch and listen to that yeah. separation test will this decision lead me to be more worldly or more uh enjoy to unbelievers Did i say that right yeah enjoined yeah 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 is this yeah you're exactly right what's that separation look like right does it lead me am i being more worldly or more godly the sanctification test will this decision hinder or help me to grow in the image of christ that's a great thing to think about does it hinder or help what if jesus was sitting on the couch next to you watching that movie right what that we need to be thinking about that does that activity or purchase or whatever you uh make make you more like christ yeah spirits guide test is this decision spirit led or people pressured mm. that's a big one yeah galatians 110 yeah absolutely the uh, uh number three serenity test am i at peace with this decision is your conscience troubling you? Is the question. What that that we've talked about that. What's the word of God say? What does godly counsel, your pastor, your brothers and sisters in Christ, or wisdom have you sought? Yeah. Scripture test. Does this mm. does the Bible address the subject of this decision? Second Timothy three sixteen. So that that's that's a big one. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You would think that'd be number one, yeah, right? Yeah. You would think Scripture, and, and it it's runs a close race. But number one, the Tom Hammond list via Todd or Todd list via Tom Hammond, the supremacy test. Will this decision glorify God? How will the decision that you make glorify God? That is the question that we need to ask ourselves when we're working through these Christian liberty, uh, these audiophore yeah. issues. Correct. Right. So. 
Anyway, with just the time being we've got left here is, is I hope you take that and I hope you're able to put that into practice, those those tests. And um, if you've got questions on those things, email us. Go to wretchedradio.com. Check out their Christian Liberty mm-hmm. resource. But look here, understanding the doctrine of Christian Liberty, if we understand it rightly, first of all, it's going to not cause our brothers to stumble and sin. We're going, to, we're going to keep them from that, but also it's going to, I think it's going to help us to not divide over so many things, Phil. In such a divisive world, we need to be unified in Christ, yeah. right? There's going to be things we need to divide over, right? If, that, if you're not keeping the essential doctrines of the faith, then we're going, we're going to have to divide over these things. But over these Adi Offer things, uh, we need to work it out in our mind, help people to grasp it. Those who are more mature, help the weaker to grasp these things, but yet we need to live in unity in Christ. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of human. Everybody, look here. Everybody wants their way. Yeah, and everybody, including Phil, I think my way. I really, I think my way is right. Yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> I do. But I do but, too. But 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 a lot of times it's really not. Absolutely. So anyway, Luther. I'm in with Luther's quote. I, I like ending this. He says this about. He sums it up. Christian liberty. He says a Christian man is the most free Lord of all. Because of Christ and subject to none. A Christian man is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. Thank you for joining us for Lifesong Radio. We hope you join us. Uh, Lifesongradio.com. Go to visit us at Lifesong Radio on Facebook. And you can email Phil about that terrible <laughs> sound. Lifesongradio01 at gmail.com. We'll see you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio. You've been listening to Lifesong Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio.